Yo, yo, and welcome to a special episode of Generation Gamers Podcast, a, uh, a podcast where I'm lucky enough to get to talk to a random person every once in a while. Not that often, though, and I'm not going to lie, like it comes to show a little bit in this episode, uh, I'm not an interviewer. Um, I, I'm not Sean Capri, who can just make these conversations smooth and sweet and whatever else. Uh, this one definitely comes across, at least the first half of it, as much more of an interview. Um, me trying to get questions answered, and then I try to just talk to a normal. Um, I'm not saying I did the best job, but I think it's worthwhile. So my guest for this special episode uh, is is Mega Buck um, Buck Stein. He runs um, Retro Game Treasure dot uh, com. It's it's a monthly service. I've heard. I know you've heard me talk about this on here. So he runs a service, and so you pay the service, and you can do one month or six months or a year, depending on how long you do it, you save a little bit of money and he will send you three to five games. All kinds of choices go into this. Now we break this down, right? Cause I didn't want this to just sound like a big advertisement for his service, but I do really enjoy it. The one I've done so far and I will be doing more, but the one I've done uh, was very exciting for me. And so I really did enjoy um, doing that. So I wanted him to come on and talk to you guys about it so that, you, you know, kind of, I don't know, remove some of the worries for some of those who might be thinking about doing this because they want to get into collecting um, or they just want a few nostalgic pieces or something like that. It turns out really nice guy, which is, I mean, basically what I always expect when I go into a conversation. Um, we connected on a few things. We're both about the same age. We have kids about the same age. Although we bring our kids up in the gaming world very differently with what we stick them in front of. Um, so the music, I know there are people out there that always want to hear the same song. And I understand that. The Star Fox theme is a wonderful song. But I wanted to change it up a little bit for this one because Megabuck is a big Mega Man fan, which turns out that's why he goes by Megabuck. Um, and by goes by, uh, I think it's strictly when talking video game stuff. Uh, he told me they don't, they don't call him that at work. So that's probably smart. Um, so I chose a song from Mega Man 3 off OC Remix called Proto Man's French Horn Concert. Uh, I have no idea this is going to be good, but this is the song that's going to take us into my conversation with Megabuck. To, to kind of get into it, to kind of get to it from the beginning, right? Yeah. So you you are the the like the guy behind it, like you I'm don't work head, for someone I'm else. The head no. Okay. So how no, many it's... how many people how many people work for you in this? Uh, just a couple. Uh, I work with my wife, and we have a couple of people that were kind of acquaintances, friends that ended up becoming uh, part time employees for us because most of our work is only twice a month when all the games come in and need to be cleaned and cataloged and tested and when all the games go out being stuffed into boxes. Yeah. So it's, it's not a full time gig for, you know, a bunch of staff members that, that work for us in that respect. So, so you have another like career on the, like this, yeah. this is a side thing for you. Yeah. I have a, I, I have a day job, but I started this as, as, as a secondary and it is now like a full part time job. <laughs> So, and that makes me curious, like, you know, a lot of people collect retro games. 
Um, yeah. You see retro game stores popping up and whatever else. But how did you get into doing it as a subscription box? Um, I've, I've, I've been a retro collector my whole life, too. I mean, I got my NES for my fifth birthday in like 1986, 87. And I've been playing ever since all those games. I was like the first kid on my block to have 50 NES games. And that was like, whoa, he's got 50 games. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so it, when it comes to all that kind of stuff, I, I mean, and I really got into it. I've always, I've always been a gamer and owned all of those consoles, all, all you know, all throughout my life and into college and everything else. And, and um, but I've always loved retro games. You know, I've always been a huge Mega Man fan for obvious, you know, obviously the Mega Buck thing. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was curious yeah. about that. That that that's your thing. Says Mega Buck. Now, do you actually that's go right. by Mega Buck ever? I mean, like in like my retro game world, yeah, not in my not in my day job, but <laughs> but yeah, that's like my nickname, you know. Like I mean, like on your my you know Steam account or Xbox Live or whatever else, it's you know the Mega Buck pretty much across the board for most of us. So it's just a cool nickname that's stuck after a while. Um, but I've been a retro uh, collector and gamer for years and years, and so about three and a half years ago. You know, when my collection was getting pretty sizable and had a couple hundred NES games to myself and everything else and, and all the other consoles in between all the way up through, you know, PS1, PS2 and all that stuff too. I was seeing all the Loot Crate and all these big subscription companies. I was going, man, like I, I need to search and see if there's somebody that does retro video games because I'd love to subscribe to a box that does retro video games. And I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm like, nobody does this. This Maybe this is something I could do. And spent about six, eight months researching it. Like, you know, I mean, I had to make friends with big warehouses and, and people that do, you know, big supplies because knowing that if it grew, I would, you know, my trips to the flea market had to be, you know, I had to have more supply and stuff like that when I'm trying to get games myself. And so I spent like six, eight months researching it, trying to figure it out. And then we launched it and we had like 50 subscribers our first month and everything, you know, was through my head. I packed all the boxes myself one at a time. With people filling out like a survey monkey list. <laughs> nice. It was so. Oh, I don't. I don't miss those days <laughs> because it was so much to do all of that. And then eventually had some software guys help us build something that you know kind of thinks like I like to look at it objectively and go, okay, there's all kinds of different gamers. There's all kinds of different parameters to set because there's all kinds of games out there. And back when it was first starting, it was like, oh, this guy likes you know, quirky NES games, and here's what he has. He's going to love, you know, Monster Party or something cool for the NES. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it grew to a point where I couldn't do all of that by hand anymore, and so it became kind of software-based to do a lot do a lot of that work. It's Okay, so, in, so you started out getting stuff from flea markets, right, when you're doing your own collecting? I had a huge, yeah, yeah, like anybody else, you know, you try to hit up the local. If you have them, a lot of us aren't lucky enough to have those. I don't have a whole lot near me where I can get good retro buys, you know? So yeah. for a lot of our subscribers like the service and dig it. So, okay. Now I, I've, I've, I've watched a number of things and people going to like flea markets and it seems like, like they're getting too wise on what they should charge and to get to the point where they're actually charging way too much. Yeah. yeah they look at eBay or something else and they're like, ah, oh, this game goes for 50 bucks. I'm like, nah, not so much. So, so then where do you get them? Like, Besides getting one from a box like you, like as a retro game collector, where where do I go? Like I have my retro game store up the up the road that I really like. It's in a it's in a um, like a smaller town, so the rent's cheaper, so you can kind of keep its prices down and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's where, cool. where else do I go? 
I mean, I, I, pr I always promote those guys. I mean, the closest retro store to me is like an hour away. And we have a lot of subscribers in Canada that are like, I have to go into town, you know, and it's like it's on a moose. Well, that's where our service fills kind of that hole. You know what I mean? If you have a really great retro place nearby, hopefully their prices are good. And I mean, especially they're always mom and pops. I mean, you, sh you should support them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because that, I mean, like I said, that's kind of the niche that we fill because your other choices are go to eBay. You got to buy it in lots. You don't know the kind of condition it's really going to be in. The only person that's standing behind you is, you know, eBay as far as they will do that, you know, whether it's even a legit game, like not a reproduction or something, let alone, you know, in crap condition or, the, you know, the label's kind of messed up. Or you have to buy it in a huge lot and you already own half the games, then you have to turn around and sell the other half of the games. And it's like that, you know, not everybody wants to do that anymore and it's a bit of a pain in the ass, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. And so it's like we fit that nice niche in between. You got your local game shop that you can go to buy specific games you know of like i really want this particular game or you know you don't want to go and, and fight the ebay battle and and you know miss out on half those kinds of things as it is too so okay so now where do you so if you're not if you're not getting them from the retro game stores because i'm sure that's not yeah. a way for you to turn a, a profit no, at I all <laughs> uh and and the flea markets aren't all that close so what are these warehouses or whatever that you're able to the, the flea markets really quickly became like uh, there's not enough. You know what I mean? Like when we had like, you know, 25, 50 subscribers, like the first month or so, because I started with my collection. I had a couple thousand games in my personal collection and it made it work at the beginning. But it, part of the research part was it became really apparent really fast that if it was going to grow at all. I'd have other places to buy it from. So we made friends with just, you know, large, I mean, believe it or not, they're out there, but they don't sell to the public, you know, warehouses out there that bring things in in bulk and then they sell it in bulk and, or, or you know, they might own like a, a huge, you know, a chain of like five or 10, you know, smaller retro shops, but they've grown to the point where they do wholesaling now. So we get wholesale discounts with those, with those kinds of guys. And, and you have no idea what you're getting most of the time. Just, you just know it's coming from a reputable source. No, we're able to order specific titles that we want that fit into the price range of things too. Like I don't know if you've seen out there, but we have a we have a pretty cool um, promo that we've been running for a while, um, where you can get a new sealed and it actually is RPG like with your first month subscription as part of your box, and they're square they're SquareSoft ones. Oh wow. even so, you've got games like Final Fantasy Origins and Chrono Cross and some of those, and what they are is they're their greatest hits overruns that they had from back in the day that they've got in this huge warehouse and we can we can buy them by the hundreds and we can have them as part of our boxes and so it's not you know something they sell to the public or if you go like on ebay somebody's probably bought a bunch of them and you know is selling them one off for a premium or something yeah but so it's sources like that they're able to find people like that i had a guy that i was able to come into contact with that had thousands of sealed game gear games in the box Oh, and wow. so we've been able to buy bulk, buy a bunch of those. And so in the game gear is kind of a niche. We don't have a ton of game gear collectors, but that new Retron three in one thing that plugs into the, the Retron five, yeah. lets you play like Sega master system game gear games and stuff. And so we've had more people come on the game gear uh, bandwagon uh, since that. So it, it's, that's, that's the other part of the work, you know, packing the boxes is one thing, checking in the used games and cleaning them and putting them in inventory is one thing, but sourcing our product and you know marketing our service those are those are parts that i have to pay attention to yeah okay because i keep i keep looking for that place to go to go get them from right and here's 
here's what I love about your service, right? Um, and with anything, there's the, the good and the bad and stuff. But when I, so so I was sitting at work and I work, I work a rotating shift and a lot of times it's boring or whatever. So I'm sitting at work and I stumble across it and I can't even remember how, but I stumble across it and I'm like, man, it's like I can order this. I can do it once, try it out, just see what it's like. And there was this level of excitement of having no idea what right. was going to come my way. <laughs> and, and like I can go to the retro game store and I've, I took a break from collecting the old stuff. And I got back into it recently and I can go down there and I have an idea of what he's going to have. Like his, his inventory doesn't turn over that quickly. Right. Um, so I have an idea of what's going to be there. So sometimes I go there with a specific thing in mind, but just like sitting there and I was talking to my co-host on a different show and I was like, I was like, I don't know what to expect. Like, and it's this, it's kind of exciting and you're sitting there and you're like, Chris, it's almost like Christmas and, and, and you come and you open the box and there, but there's that part of you. And we kind of started touching on this a little bit ago, but there's that part of you where you're like, you're like, okay, but what if it's nothing that I want? Right. Right. But then right. as he and I were talking, we we're like, okay, like regardless, it's something you don't have and it's something you maybe wouldn't have picked up otherwise. Yeah. And hopefully in the vein of something that you wanted to, the consoles you like and the settings that you set and stuff. Yeah. Now, okay. So you talk about these settings mm -hmm. I'm, and I pull up the website here and I'm actually on my, on my page here and, cool. and I'm, I'm, I'm curious about some of these things, right? And, sure. and yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping from, from this conversation that at <laughs> least a few people that, that are listening will be like, Hey, I want to try this out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of go through, you have, you have like, I'm just starting out. Like it asks you about your collection, right? So I'm just starting out. Um, I've been collecting for one or more years, which is what I put on there. Uh, and mm -hmm. I consider myself a hardcore collector. Now, how are these things going to affect what you're putting in someone's box? Yeah. So like we advertise the box is three to five games, right? Yes. So what dictates three to five games? You know, why is one box three and another one is five? And so we're always trying to hit, you know, that the retail value of what those games would be. So if you're a new, we found out that we added those settings about a year into the service and we're coming up on our three year anniversary in, in March. Um, because we realized that there were some folks that were like, look, I, I, I want a Mario. I want a Mario. That's old school games to me, you know, and, and Mario duck hunt or one of the older Mario's for NES, unless it's like Mario two or three, they're not as collectible. They're not as expensive. But if you put a Mario in their box, they're a super happy camper. So if it's a beginning collector, you're talking four to five games, and they're all of like an average value. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you're the middle person collecting a year or more, that says, okay, you're still in the infancy stages of building and rebuilding your collection, but some, some gems or a higher value game is maybe more important to you. Again, the average cost of the box probably still about the same because the first guy's probably getting four to five, the middle guy's probably getting four. And the hardcore collector, they're the person that says, look, I would like a game that's worth like 20 bucks or more in this box. And then the other two are more of like that average. And so oh. it helps us to kind of decide, it helps the system now. I mean, I still eyeball and screen them all myself, but it helps, it helps it to decide that this is more of the direction I want my my box to go in most of the time. You know, it kind of helps it to decide that. Yeah, and, and I mean, kind of speaking about price, whenever, so I opened yeah. the box on our show, right? Yeah. I opened it up having no idea what was in it and right. kind of tried to figure out the value, trying to figure out the... the, it's, the it's, it's, it's hard. 
it, it is hard. It is definitely hard. So, so the box itself, so it's $35, right? Depending on your plan. If you get a longer plan, you can get it down to 30. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, but if you get the, if you get month by month, 35, you get like a year thing, it's down to 30. Right. And then there's shipping on top of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's, I mean, it's by far not the cheapest box in the world, right. Compared to some of these other ones, but you're getting <laughs> you're, Chinese plastic crap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're getting, you're not just getting a t-shirt, you're getting actual video games to build a collection. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so we pulled it out and I, and I added it up and it seemed like the value of what was in there from what I could find was sitting right about that $35 range, which, which is, is, which is good. Cause we actually shoot for retail value. And so most of our people use a site like price charting, which pulls from eBay and Amazon and all those, right? Well, they pull an average price. So that's where, like you said, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. And it says, oh, look at this game. It says it's a $7 game. Well, click on that Amazon link that says it's a $7 game. Might need a cleaning and label is ripped. Well, did we send you a copy that might need a cleaning and the label is ripped? Well, no, then it's probably more like a 10 or $11 game. So it is, it's a slippery slope, you know? And, and so I guess that's kind of what I was kind of curious about is how do y'all figure yeah. out, like, how do you figure out what to value these at? Like where, yeah. and, and I don't know, I mean, I don't want to say give away your secrets because I was talking to the, to the guy at the retro store and he's like, he's like, I used to tell people where I get values from. Now I don't because yeah, then they'll because try they to. Yeah. yeah. So how do it's you like figure it out? Chasers, it's like the game chasers when they pull up, you know, somebody pulls up eBay and goes, well, it's worth like $20. So like, yeah, this is a 10, you know, they're trying to lowball the guy because they're trying to buy it. Right. Yeah. So, but we do, we use some of the same, whenever somebody, it's pretty rare, but when we have someone that complains about it, it's usually because they're looking at the bargain price and they're saying, look, this is a $3 game. And they send me an eBay link and I'm like, it's a $3 game because that one says sold as is untested and there's a blotch on the label. It's like, we didn't send you a one that looked like that. Right. And we guaranteed you that if it wasn't working, we'd send you a replacement of that game or a comparable one kind of thing. You know, we stand by all the stuff cause crap happens, but you know, we stand by it. And so it, it, we do, we used some of those initially too. And we adjust them as we go. Cause the same thing, it's in a system now that has an algorithm. And so it knows about what those prices are when it's like a PS2 game. It knows, it's this much if it's loose and it's this much if it's boxed. You know what I mean? Yeah. It knows the difference in the pricing. But it is. It's You're not talking a, a, store, a product that you could go to Walmart and buy. You're talking a collectible thing that has kind of an objective value. And that goes back to the collector level too. If you're a hardcore collector, you're a person that's telling us the collectible price is all that matters to me. And if you're a beginner – collector you're telling us that the nostalgia value is more important oh yeah and and so there's a there's a there's a give and a take there there's no exact science because we didn't invent it and we're just trying to make it better (laughs) you know but there is there's there's a give and a take there to try and say oh you know you're right we're trying to shoot for that value and it is a retail value if you're going to get it in a bargain bin for seven dollars we probably have it valued at 10 or 12 because if you went to a store it's probably not at the bargain value because you know, we, you know, it's a business and we have costs just like your local retro store would too, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, so okay. So looking, <laughs> looking further down this list. Yeah. Right. You, you have all kinds of different things like tell us what you're interested, right? And yes, for a minimum of four categories for genres. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, most of these are, are pretty, um, I mean, pretty self-explanatory, you know, action adventure, arcade, beat em up, puzzles, racing, mm-hmm. Uh, real sports, RPG, shoot 'em up shooters. 
Um, and so you don't have to think about any of this stuff. It's just like the computer system takes that into account when it looks through the inventory that you've told that you have. Right. So when I first started this, like I said, I did it all by hand. So I know, I know punch out is a fun, is a fun sports game. And I know that excite bike is a racer and I know that Sonic is a platformer. And so when it got to the point where you're doing hundreds of these and I couldn't do it all by myself, <laughs> it became okay. Hire some programmers and explain to them how to teach this database to think like me, to think like a gamer, right? So everything's categorized and quantified and put in subgenres so that so that it knows. If it doesn't meet these parameters, don't don't give it to them. And by the way, check their personal collection and make sure you don't send them a duplicate. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, that's I actually need to update mine from some other purchases I've made yeah. from what I got in the box. We automatically add the ones that we send to you, but same thing, about a year and a half into it after we had that system put in, we needed to go a step further and tell the system, hey, whatever they put in their personal collection isn't good enough because if they tell us that they own, um, I'm trying to think of a good example off the top of my head, they, they tell us that they own a certain you know racing game for the original Xbox. Well, what if they made, uh, Robotech Battlecry is a good example. Someone just posted on that on one of their things. Um, if you own that game for the Xbox, they don't want to get a GameCube copy oh, or a yeah. copy of that same game on another console. You know, if they own NBA Jam for the Super Nintendo, they don't want to get a copy of NBA Jam for the Genesis. And so we had to go a step further and teach the system these games aren't the same game, but they're they're a related game. Don't send someone, you know, it, people were starting to complain a little bit saying, hey, you sent me a duplicate. Well, what did we send you? We sent, we sent me NBA Jam or you sent me, you know, whatever. You sent me a Street Fighter for the Super Nintendo. Well, do you own it for the Super Nintendo? Well, no, I own it for the Genesis, but it's still the same game. And it's like, I get where you're coming from. Let's see if we can fix that. Okay. <laughs> so another hurdle. <laughs> it's like we're inventing the wheel because it doesn't exist. Oh, you know? yeah. Um. So okay, so you you have some other options here, right? That are yeah. that we were kind of talking about this part <laughs> at, at the beginning. So so you can yeah. go through and be like, I, I like anime, I like cartoon, Disney, fantasy, mecha, yeah. military, NASCAR, blah 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 blah. Right, all these different things, right? And then you can go and tell it what systems you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> section you call the bonus round here. Yeah. Uh, where it's like I'm okay with E for everyone games. I'm okay with imported games, mature games. What? classifies as a mature game when collecting these well if you go you know post doom night trap you know Mm. mortal Kombat, then they have actual ratings on them it's really easy you know if you go pre that it was it was kind of my discretion to be like no really that's you know that's a that's a mature game which there's not a whole lot of when you when you go back to like the genesis and the nintendo and even the super nintendo before that before the ratings you know i mean there's not a whole lot of really you know mature you know crazy kind of games but again everybody's different so some people just really don't like those mature games some people are raising their kids to appreciate retro games. So they're like my age, they're in their mid thirties and they're going, man, I want my kids to play this. And my son, my son loves Mega Man because that's me, my fault. But (laughs) I know the poor kid punishes himself with Mega Man. It's hilarious. But some people are like, you know what? I want to be able to play this with my kids. They're not to the mature game level yet. I don't, I don't want to get those in my boxes. And so that's just another thing to say, look, there's games that are marked as that, you know, just, just tell us what you like. 
it, we, we, we got to make sure at the end of this, after we get past a lot of this stuff with this, you know, we're talking about now to, to get back to, uh, um, the children aspect. Yeah. Cause I'm about the same, you know, we're about the same age. Um, and I have, I have a son who I play games with a lot. Yeah. Mega man. And we need to talk about just kind of like your current gaming. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll end it at that at the end. So don't forget, but here, here's something else. I mean, I see interesting, like you have stuff on here. It's like, I have the Nintendo zapper. I have the super Nintendo super scope. I have the super Nintendo mouse. Was there more than one game that used the mouse? Yeah. Mario paint, obviously. Um, there were some games that really weird, but they can they can use the mouse like uh, Jurassic Park for the Super Nintendo. You can really? use the NES uh, SNES mouse for it. And then there's some imports like uh, Mario and Wario for the Super Nintendo that you can use. That's a mouse only um, SNES game. So there's only a handful. Some are imports, but like, that's why it's the bonus round. Like now you are the very, very, very niche category guy, but we carry some of those games, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm looking here like accessories are cool too, which I, I mean, as I mean, I will be getting more box at different times and I'm, I might have to click that at some point because like <laughs> there are things that I know are accessories that I do not own. Um, yeah. Like light gun, dance games, demo discs. Uh, there's one thing I see missing on this bonus round. It, you, okay. Nothing on here says I have the, the GameCube bongos. <laughs> so you can play Donkey Konga one or Donkey Konga 2. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, okay, I've never played with those. C could you use them as a normal controller if you wanted to? I am pretty sure. I, I don't know. You know what? I haven't tried. I have the first, I have a set of them in the box for the GameCube, the Donkey Konga 1 with the set of them. But it's kind of like the dude that beat Dark Souls with uh, DDR you know, finger pads, you know? Oh yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> it's like if they work, then there's somebody out there that's, you know, maybe somebody plays Smash Brothers with uh, Donkey Konga. There was someone out there that, I can't remember what the game is now, but he beat it using bananas as controllers. He <laughs> he took apart the controller and somehow attached them to bananas. It must have been, it had to have been a Donkey Kong gang. You need game. like a challenge. You need a more of a challenge. Yeah, and he was hitting these bananas as part of, it was bizarre. If, if you look it up sometime, it's great. Yeah, those are those are always awesome just to watch. Man. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, you fill out all this stuff. Um, right. And there's still that fear, though, that some people are going to have. Right? And the same fear I had. I didn't have it initially. Then I started, like, watching some video reviews. And the internet's a terrible place, obviously. Right. But there's still those fears that you're going to have of, what if I just get everything in the box is something I don't like? Now, as a collector... You know, you you could potentially just be looking for everything, but as someone who's just like loosely collecting some new games, wants to play some old games, like why should they, why should they still do this if there's that fear of what if I just get stuff I don't care about? Yeah, sure. And, and it's funny you say that because your your thought process is basically just going down the line of the things that happened to us in like year one and then year two and <laughs> in, in, in year two we added a wish list feature and the wish list is you put on there any and all the games that you would love to have now you got to try and look at the service that we have you know if you put nothing but chrono trigger and earthbound on there we don't carry those games it's not a lottery nobody gets a box worth two hundred dollars and everybody else's box is worth you know 30 40 bucks but if you put all the you know the the sonics and maybe some of the final fantasies and you know the different puzzle games that you're like again sometimes collector value but more importantly nostalgic value like man i would love to play booger man again 
You know what I mean? It's a perfect example of a game put on your wish list. And so same thing, when I go through and screen them and we kind of train the system to say, hey, you're pulling, you gotta pull from the settings that they ask for and you gotta you know, ignore games they already own, but if they have games on their wish list that can fit into the criteria they picked, Try to give them some games from there. Give them that Boogerman if it's on that list, and they had platformers, you know, selected on their, on their, on their thing on there too. You know, it's not perfect. It's all a system in there to try to get it too. But it tries to pick some from that wish list every month to give it a little. It's still a surprise, but it's like okay, it's a pleasant surprise. I really wanted to play, you know, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure for the NES again because I played it as a kid. You know, whatever kind of reason. Should anyone ever want to play that game? I don't know. <laughs> I had a guy last month that got so freaking excited, and it's like. If you're a collector, you and I both know it's an LGM game and it's freaking terrible. He probably rented it from his mom and pop video store when he was a kid a half dozen times and had a fond memory of it. But for him, he's going, that's cool. I wanted to own that again, whether it was nostalgic value or I know it was terrible, but I don't care, you know, because everybody's different in, in this hobby. That's the funny thing about it. Did, did you ever play Spy versus Spy for the original Nintendo? Heck yeah. Okay. So I bought that recently. Because I found it cheap at the retro game store. And I'm like, man, I used to rent this game all the time. And I put it in. And I mean, first of all, like I need to go look up the the instruction manual for this game because I have no yeah. idea what I'm doing. But I'm like, oh. You just think you're touching stuff and then the spies are laughing and you don't know what happened. Yeah. And I'm, but I'm just like, like, I remember playing this with my mom. What were we doing? It's like you're trying to find the briefcases, but you're trying to trap things as you go so when the other spy looks in them they find your bombs and it kills them and stuff and yeah. it's a goofy game yeah and they had i think there was an unfinished sequel they never made too where they went to the island that they kind of tease in the little cinematic huh i'll have to look <laughs> at that so, okay so <laughs> but it's a good example that's not a great game but it's a neat game and it's spy versus spy which is which is you know pretty cool theme from back in the 80s and the 90s and so you put those on your wish list and it helps us it helps us hit the mark a, a little bit more. But you're right. It's the number one thing for us is always trying to to teach our customers that like, you know, hey, or put something in the notes section that says, I had someone do that one time, please no LJN games for the NES. That was in their <laughs> notes section. And it's like, you know what? That's a really great note because if they go through all this stuff in their settings and, a, and a, a Bill and Ted or a Beetlejuice or something pops up, we know to change the contents of their box because that was something they specifically, you know, didn't want in, in that case, you know. And so that helps us too. The notes certainly help us too. It, it, but it's funny. That's always the number one thing when someone's like a little bit off or, oh, I liked these three games, but that one game I wasn't a big fan on. And it's like, you know what? Go adjust your settings based around that one game that you think you wouldn't like to see, you know, in, in, in future boxes. That helps us. The number one thing is if you keep your settings the same, Every single month that you're subscribed, don't be surprised if you get a lot of the same, you know, kind of game. You know, it's going to go a little bit here or there if you have a huge gamut of settings, maybe. Yeah. But change it from month to month. It, it helps us to, to do better for you, you know, as the customer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, it, after my first box, I went back and looked at my settings. And right. um, I got, I got a lot of handheld in mine, which is, which is great. Because I just recently repicked up a, a Game Boy Advance. Cool. But but then afterwards I'm like, you know what? In future boxes, I probably don't want so much handheld. So I went and took that, right. you know, took those off my list. Yeah. You can always go revisit them. You can always put them back later. Yeah. Um but you know, and you know, I looked like I said, I looked at my box and 
Uh, so what what did I get in that? I had TNC Surf Design, <laughs> which it's I, it's one of those games I'm super happy to own yeah. and to expose people to. Yeah. But man, that is a like I played it for a while, and that's one of those games where you're literally doing the same thing over and over, and it's it's the heart of what the NES games were because yeah. it's just how much better can I do? Right. Yeah, right. Every time, try to get a little bit further. Yeah, um, I had uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, which that was the one that when I pulled it out, I was like super skeptical about. Now, I played it. It's not as bad as it... Yeah, it's yeah. not a great game, but it's not as bad as it sounds. <laughs> um, I had Load, Load Runner for the Game Boy, I think, which I oh. forgot. Game Boy version, not the NES version. That's cool. Yeah, which I had forgotten what that game was, and I still need to go back and figure out what that game is. Like, I need to look at what my objective is. Right. right. Like, the NES version was, like, arcade style, like, running forward, like, almost mode. Well, mode 7 didn't exist on NES, but it's still that kind of thing. Yeah. Like that isometric behind him view. Um, what else? Something else. And then I ended up with, with Gradius Galaxies. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I, I'm testing everything out, whatever. And that was the one that I put it in. It didn't work. I, I tried a few different things. I looked at a pair of other ones. It looked like the some stuff was messed yeah. up on it. I, yeah. I immediately emailed you, and you hit me back instantly. <laughs> and, and and I appreciate that. Like, like yeah. your customer service seems pretty on point. Thank right? you. Yeah, that's what we try to do. Um, now, I was able to go to the retro game store later. I thought the game was just destroyed. Like, I thought it, it wasn't going to work at all. And he was able to tinker with it and whatever and make it work. Um, so that was, so that was good. And that's, that's a, a, a cool game. I think I think I actually emailed you about that. Um, but that was one of the things, like I'm opening this box. I don't know where I'm going with this exactly, but I opened that box and like pulling these things out. And it was talking about games. That's where you're going with it. Yeah. It was just, it was just so interesting. Like, and everything obviously was something I didn't have in my collection because my collection was up on your site. Right. Um, but I had a lot of fun, but, but, oh, that's where I was going. So. So I, I came across, you know, the, the Pirates of the Caribbean. That was the one I pulled out and just like, I think, man, I don't know about this thing, right? Like, and like, at what point do you, like, do you have a lot of people that contact you with that, that kind of complaint? Like you sent me something that they felt was garbage or that they felt was like, how do you respond to that? Uh, I mean, a couple of different ways. I mean, not, not too often does that happen, but I mean, number one, I always say like, that's a perfect example of go to your settings page because we had it set on some criteria unless we messed up, which happens to <laughs> only human. But th there's some criteria in there that's saying like either kids games or Disney or something along that line that might meet, meet the criteria that kind of drops that in there. Um, obviously, we don't send you the same game month after month. So even if it's in the same category, you're going to get something slightly different because obviously Pirates of the Caribbean and Lion King for the Genesis are both – you know, in similar categories and they're very different, you know, very different kind of games. Um, but if someone's really not very happy, we want to make them happy. If they're really like, Hey, we just really don't like this book, then just email us. If you really feel like that, that wasn't right. We'll get you a bonus game the next month to make up for it. I would much rather make somebody happy. So if they want to stay subscribed to the service rather than say, Hey, I felt like that game was, you know, crap, you know, you know, that wasn't right. I mean, I'd rather just I mean, it's, it's, we're not a big business. We're not a huge corporation that can just say, ah, screw you. You can, you know, don't, we don't need you to buy one anyway. Like, <laughs> no, we want you to, we want you to be happy. And if you feel like 
something wasn't right or we've we've had customers before that caught our system slipping and and had a uh, a setting wrong on a game and I was like dude you're right that you you had this selected and it was in the wrong category straight up <laughs> like we'll take care of you so okay you 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 say oftentimes that you kind of pick the games that you're buying right do you ever yeah. buy just like giant bulk and just get some stuff in there that's just trash yeah yeah, it happens. Okay, what's what's the worst thing? The worst game that you remember getting in something? <laughs> well, we've we've had some, like you said before, where I can like pick and choose what I'm getting sometimes. But sometimes the warehouses are going, look, we've got all of this, and you just want to buy it for X price, you get everything. And I'm going, okay, you know, the condition is okay because condition is one thing, and then what's the game is the other thing. Yeah, and it's funny because it was early on in the beginning, and it's. I had already decided to put it on the website and we had, but if you see on there, we have a box of shame. We have games that we just never send you. And it's always the number one joke, right? And we had, we had one wholesale buy that we bought, had a bunch of Atari games in it and like 40 copies of ET in it. (laughs) And it was like, Oh, what do we do with these? You know, it's, it's in our box of shame on purpose. Cause it's like, unless someone asks for it, we just don't give it out to them kind of thing. So We've had done it two years now. We'll do it again for this third year. Every year for um, April Fool's Day, we give out a joke box, and it's full of E.T., Superman 64. Oh, my God. And Shaq Fu. Oh, my God. We we give out like five or ten of them every year, and you win a copy of each one of those games. And and, and this is – oh, that is (laughs) – that's amazing. Okay, speaking of Shaq Fu. Thanks for winning, question mark. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and with Madden games as well, too, when we do bulk buys, they're always in there. And we don't send any Madden any year, just period. We just we just don't. Because sports games are one thing, but Madden is just like they're a dime a dozen, you know. And we have, I kid you not, I have this huge like crate container that's like the size of my desk. That is literally, it's like spilling over now full of Madden games. And one of my buddy who's a contractor has made a joke a handful of times. He wants to, he wants to build a throne like made of Madden games. Oh, <laughs> like, that would be share. awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, dude, it would go viral. It would be awesome. I'm like, here's the, here's the freaking container full of them. There's probably a thousand in there. <laughs> Make the chair, man. Oh, we have a we have all the Game Boy versions. We can make a little crown. We can wear a little. <laughs> that would, God, that would be amazing. Now, okay, so have you seen, have you seen this that apparently, and I haven't seen an update on this in months and months, but apparently there's going to be a remake of Shaq Fu coming out for at least yes. the Switch. I, I saw the Kickstarter or whatever it was for it. Yeah. So I, I want to say it's the same people that did NBA Playgrounds maybe. Oh, okay. Um, and so I have that on Switch. I got it day one. And it was taking forever for them to get the update to come out for Switch that fixed a number of things. Yeah. And so basically what they said is, hey, anyone who owned this game before this update comes out, you will get a free download code for Shaq Fu when it comes back out. So I'm excited. Like, I am just sitting here waiting for the day that I get this free Shaq Fu game. <laughs> the video was great because it just it straight up made fun of itself. Oh, my God, it did. It... Oh. It, it did that so well. So I'm, I'm looking here and I'm, I'm just back on the website, clicking around and, and, and whatever else. And you actually sell a number of products like you, like, like the, the three in one adapter, the super, the super boy, 
Super yeah, Boy. Those are cool. I have one of those. Do uh, I've contemplated but a hundred bucks and yeah. I have a Super well, Nintendo. It's cool because well, yeah, if you already have one, maybe too, but it also has A V out. So uh you can just use it as a Super Nintendo, period. Yeah. Which and you cool. can, I mean, how's the screen look on that? The new ones, even the, the the previous one, the first version, that's the new version that we have on the site too. I have the previous version. You know, like the, how the earlier like Game Boy like SPs and stuff when they were like backlit, like the lights, you could see them in like different positions around the screen. Yeah. There's a little bit of that in the first version, but they fixed that in the second one, and the second one's got much better speakers too. So I mean, the second one's pretty cool, and it's got a really good built-in uh, internal rechargeable battery too. So it's got a pretty good battery life on it. So, so all these products you have, I mean, you have original Nintendo, you have the Segas, yeah. you have controllers, you have all these different things. Like, are these things that you keep like at your place or do you yeah. order them as they get ordered from you? No, the, the store on there is limited to what we have in inventory. So if you went on there and tried to buy like X amount of Genesis controllers, you just hit a spot where you can't like, if it's something we can buy from a purveyor, like a Retron five, we buy them from Hyperkin, obviously, or, yeah. you know, they're a sailor of ours. Then that's one thing. Cause we can get more, but you know, NES consoles and controllers and memory cards and stuff. I mean, we only really have what we have right now. We can't, you know, guarantee to sell you more. So we only, we have like a, there's like an inventory amount on there. So those are all things you can add onto your box. And if you're, if you're not a subscriber, you can just buy that stuff straight away if you want. But if you if you uh, aren't if you are a subscriber, you get discounted or like free shipping on smaller items like you know Dreamcast uh, VMUs and, and stuff like that. You get free shipping on that because we can fit it in your box. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. God, yeah. I've, 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 I need to get a Retron Five. I need one, so, especially the newest version. They used to have a problem with the the teeth on the cartridges, like a like a death grip on the cartridges. Yeah. Fixed it about a year and a half ago, a year ago in a revision. They fixed it, and now that console is just super solid. Oh, is there a, is there a way to know? So for anyone out there who's like looking to start collecting or getting one of those, is there a way to know that you're getting the newer one and not like one of the old ones? I mean, it's been over a year. I mean, you'd have to like run into a you know a purveyor that's had like stock sitting on the shelf for quite some time. Like we don't have any of the old ones anymore. We only have the newer the newer ones in stock. Okay. I mean, I, you could probably ask them, but they probably wouldn't know, to be honest. Like, if you ask the purveyor, do you have the old or the new one? Okay, let's let's get away from business for a minute. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk a little. Let's talk a little personal here. Okay, Video so games again. so you're still collecting for you, right? Man, it's not as great as it used to be. This is so funny because my wife picks on me. You know, like every once in a blue moon, I cherry pick something for myself. <laughs> like there was a Captain America and the Avengers for the Genesis, and I was like. Oh, <laughs> you know, and it's like in two and a half years, I've probably picked up 20 new retro games for myself. I mean, it's sad. <laughs> it's, well, it's but not I mean, anymore. it's sad. If you I just myself. Yeah. But if you have all these like coming through the store or coming through your house or whatever, I mean, if you want to play one to play one, you can just play it for a little while. Oh, yeah. But I'm a collector. So, I, I mean, I, I like to co- Well, I'm not as much of a collector anymore, but I, I like to collect them like, you know, all the rest of us. So what's your collection look like right now? If you go look at um, one of the podcast interviews we did with um, Johnny and Deuce for the Happy Hour not too many months ago, they took a cool picture with me with my um, my SNES slash N sixty four collection, my Sega CD collection, and I have like a shelf that's just all Mega Man. I mean, like between U.S. and Japanese copies, I have like all the Game Boy 
uh, versions of Mega Man. I have all the NES ones, some of them in the box. I have all the Super Nintendo ones, including Soccer and you know uh, Mega uh, Rockman and Forte, and all of those. And I have a full size Mega Man helmet. And it's it, if you look at it, it looks like the one that you can buy from like ThinkGeek or whoever now. But I commissioned that years ago before you could buy the mass produced one. I commissioned it from a cosplay guy and had a, had a full size Mega Man helmet made years ago. So. You know, have a Mega Buster up there that I had signed by uh, the Proto Men, who I've seen in concert like four or five times now. And so I have a neat collection of Mega Man stuff. I have some Squaresoft RPG stuff because I collected those as a kid and still have some of mine in the box, like Secret of Evermore, Secret of Mana, some of those. And then I have like I love my Sega CD, so I have a nice little Sega CD collection too. But so, so here's my confession to you, and most of my <laughs> listeners know this already. Uh, I have never beaten a single level of a single Mega Man game ever. Really. I've, I've tried. Them or, oh, you've tried, but they're just hard. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Is I, it the level that gets you or the bosses? <laughs> um, You know, a lot of times it's the level itself, but if that doesn't get me, that boss is sure to finish me off. <laughs> you got to do the order. Got to got to like Mega Man 2. You got to go Flash Man first, and then you got to go to Quick Man. And <laughs> I, I've heard this, and maybe I'll take my... I mean, I have the, the little the Nintendo mini retro throw what what is this thing called i don't remember what they call these things now it's got about 15 different names and it's little and it's you know it's a nintendo it's amazing right and that's got mega man 2 on it i believe yeah uh i also i have the mega man collection but i have it on my xbox and it it just doesn't feel right playing with that controller (laughs) um so do you do like current gaming like yeah yeah i do yeah, I like – I mean the, the indie scene is like so freaking oh. cool right now, right? I mean like like when my son got a little too frustrated with Mega Man, it was – he's six now. And it was like, hey, dude, let's try Shovel Knight. You'll probably like that. And you know, it's it's still hard, but it's not nearly as hard. He yeah. loves that game. So yeah, I mean the indie scene is just so great right now with some of the throwback RPGs and platformers and stuff. Yeah, I was, I was talking – I think I have four – physical copies of switches of switch indie games like pre-ordered waiting i think two of them come in this week nice um and i I love i love the indie scene but okay so you have a six-year-old son yeah right when did you start him with gaming oh he was probably i mean he always saw me playing games so you know when he was like three he was like crawling all over me playing all that kind of stuff too and i think i think by the time he was four years old he wanted to start playing them and of course he wanted to play the ones that i was playing and literally i mean he's you're talking like Mega Man games and it was like dude buddy you're gonna get so frustrated with this i don't care i want to play i want to try and then you know 10 seconds in can you help me it's like okay now you're not playing anymore you're watching twitch you know (laughs) getting used to that and when he was five years old I started like showing him some of the stuff on Twitch. Like, like he really loved Mega Man. He liked Mega Man X because it was a little less hard than you know the NES Mega Man games were. Yeah. So I popped one of mine in, and the ones that are too pricey, I own import copies of, like Mega Man X3. I have an import copy because it was only thirty bucks instead of like one hundred and fifty bucks or whatever they go for now. And we start watching Twitch, and so I showed him like Caleb Hart on Twitch, who's you know speed runner for the Mega Man X games and has a bunch of world records and past world records started watching him and I, I never forget it was so cool when uh, smash the record which is the big smash brothers tournament was in town last year it was in Kissimmee like the neighboring town to us yeah uh, th- a bunch of those guys were gonna be there and I took him to go see Caleb Hart run Mega Man X live like on a big screen which he beats in like you know 20 minutes flat 
And it was like 11 o'clock at night. He was freaking exhausted. He had fallen asleep like three times in his seat. And I'm like, hey, Grayson, he's getting ready to start. And he perked up and he just, I have a picture of him the whole time, like eyes really wide at like 11 o'clock at night. I'm a terrible father, but he's <laughs> the crap out of it. And that was just cool. It was, you know, young kid enjoying games and enjoying like speed running, which I, I love that part of, you know, the old retro community, the speed running community. Yeah. You know, like when I got my son into gaming, uh, I had been out of it for a while. Like I took a, I took a break just because of my work and everything else. I wasn't yeah. able to do it much. So at the time I just had, I think I just had the Wii. I don't think I even picked up the Wii U. Um, and so I, I, I started plus like, you know what? We're going to play Mario. And he was three. I'm like, we're going to play Mario together. And, you know, when it first started out, he could run or he could jump. Like these were the two options. Yeah, and so I would pick him up and carry him through stuff, and it was so cool to watch him be able to do it. Where now you put him in front of a Mario game, and he's he's playing he's playing Odyssey with me right now, yeah. uh, and there are definitely parts of Odyssey that are beyond his skill level. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but but he he got to where he could just go and take down these side-scrolling Mario games, and it, it's so cool. Now, granted, like I would never put him in front of Mega Man. I mean, granted, I'm sure I've given him Mega Man to play before and be like, here, try this out. And then he's just like, yeah, screw you. I'm done. Yeah. Um, and, you know, his gaming is very different than mine, which is fun at times and way annoying at others. Um, but God, it's cool to watch him. It's cool to watch him do that stuff. Uh, what else do you, like, current stuff do you play? I'm playing Mario Odyssey right now for sure, too. And so is my son. We have separate save files. Yeah, yeah of, of course. <laughs> but he's He's like right behind me though. I mean, he has less moons than I do, but he he gets enough and he moves to the next world and it's like that's pretty that's pretty cool, dude. Um but yeah, I have a Switch. I love it. Golf Story actually. Oh. I've been playing that, which I love indie games and I mean, that's just that guy's just a genius to say such a neat little concept of playing an old, you know, Nintendo or Super Nintendo golf game and turn it into a little bit of an RPG. How how and, far how far into that are you? I'm at the beach course, so like the third or fourth course. Okay, I, I picked up that game like the second it came out, and I had yeah. the intention of, I was, I was working that weekend, and I can play a lot of games at work because of what I do. Came out. Yeah, it's, and so I'm like, I'm going to power through this game and write a review. I was super excited last time I ever do that because I think it ruined Golf Story for me. Because you pushed through it even when you weren't having fun. Yeah, and it gets, I mean, that game gets to the point where I just... And I and I haven't heard anyone else say this in any other review, so maybe it's just me. But like, I was having a lot of fun. It was all this good stuff. But it got to a point where I just wanted it to be done. Like, yeah. And, and this was like two or three worlds from the end. I'm just like, be done. Now, granted, it took me like 23 hours, and most people it's taken like 13 or 14. But you know, um, do you have other systems? Are you straight, strictly Nintendo on the the new stuff? No, I, I mean, I, before when I was a collector, like personally, like I, that was one of the things I liked to do was collect consoles. So I have, you know, a, it, all all the all the old all the old stuff, and then get into like you know slightly more you know rare stuff like a TurboGrafx sixteen or un, un, you know unappreciated systems like a Sega Saturn stuff like that. I, I like I like um, import consoles, so I have a Famicom and a Super Famicom and some of those. Um, I have both versions of the Sega CD one and two. I've owned a Sega CD since I was a kid. I was like I was that kid on the block that had a Sega CD and owned a <laughs> Night Trap, you know. 
and I had a version two and I was literally, I was in a computer club in middle school and they had a version one Sega CD. So like my entire adult life, I've wanted a, a version one Sega CD and I finally splurged about a year ago and bought myself the version one, the, the one that goes below with the tray. Yeah. It's the uh, little pop up like all the other, you know, consoles, you know, kind of were after that. And so I have both versions now, which is, was pretty cool. But I mean, everything all the way up through there and the handhelds and everything else. I really always enjoyed collecting consoles just as much as games. So I have a lot of those. Okay. So, so let's, let's kind of end it on this question here for you. So if you got someone who's into collecting, right? Um, most likely if you're into retro collecting, you're going to have a Nintendo and a super Nintendo and N64. And, um, if you're smart, you'll have a GameCube. Just one of the greatest systems ever. Um, I think I just lost you on the feed. Uh, oh. oh, your video froze. I was worried it was you. That's okay. Beep, 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 froze. What's that? I said beep, 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 froze. I can see it. I can see myself frozen in the corner. Oh, that's fine, though. Um, so, <laughs> so you know, you have the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, the N64, the, possibly the GameCube, maybe a Genesis. Um, what consoles do you think people like, like if you're someone who's into collecting stuff, is there a console or two that like, hey, most people probably don't go after this, but should? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had this exact conversation with a buddy a number of years ago when he kind of got out of retro gaming, and he was my one of my best friends growing up, and so we played the Nintendo together. And when the Super Nintendo and the Genesis came out, you know, we played the crap out of those. Super Nintendo being our favorite because that would have put us, you know, right at that perfect age. And when we got into like college age, he got stuck on the PlayStation. PlayStation's a great console. Don't get me wrong, I love the PlayStation, but he missed the Game Boy Advance. Oh, and, and I'm like, dude, you remember how much we loved the Super Nintendo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Game Boy Advance is the Super Nintendo too. I, I mean, it, it just is. It has about the same level, probably a little bit better graphics and sound, and that's where all the RPGs went to the the, the Game Boy Advance and then the DS after that. And that's that's where they all went. And so he had to just go back and play all of these really everything from you know. Uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga to, you know, some of the Castlevanias that came out for GBA and, and, and all those kind of games. It's like, dude, you missed so many great, you know, basically Super Nintendo games that they put out during those years. Are, are you a fan of the Mario and Luigi series? I didn't play a whole lot of them. I loved the, a lot of the Paper Mario games. Played yeah. a lot of those, Thousand Year Door and a lot of those. I played about half of, of Superstar for the, the GBA, and it, I mean it was cool, it was fun, but it, it was missing some elements that Paper Mario had that I liked a little bit, uh, like a little bit better. Yeah, I've I've powered, I say powered through. I'm I'm the kind of guy who who loves RPGs but doesn't love playing them. <laughs> I've become that guy too. I've become that guy. Like I played so many RPGs coming up. Final Fantasy Four was hands down my favorite ever since I was a kid. And I, and I try to, like you just said, I try to pick up RPGs now and I know I enjoy them, but I'm like, oh, time sink. Well, it's, it's time sink and some of them are so grindy. Yeah. And the, I mean, the, the turn-based combat is just, you stand there and pick this and pick that. And just, it gets old to me. Yeah. Um, but the stories are always so good. Yeah, one of the consoles that I, I, I had and I played but I really got to revisit was about six or so months ago, we added um, PSP and Nintendo DS to our lineup. Okay. And I had a PSP, but I had no freaking idea how many RPGs were ported to that console. Oh, like, yeah. Like sheer amount of RPGs that you can get for a decent, 
Like, you can get, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics, the War of the Lions version for PSP for, you know, good price. And I never got to play Persona 3. So I went and played the PSP version of that. And it's and it has even more content in the PS2 version, I guess. But just amazing game. But, like, here I am, you know, 60, 80 floors into that tower. And I'm like, okay, I, I kind of want to play something else. <laughs> this is a yeah. great it's so much fun, but I really kind of want to play something else. <laughs> I'm not going to finish this. <laughs> well, and, and I've gotten to the point lately where like I want to play through and finish games. I mean, we do, yeah. we do, we do a segment on one of my shows where um, every week we play a game that we missed in the past. It's called Shelved and Forgotten. So we pick some game that we've put on the shelf, forgotten about, and we go back yeah. and play it. Yeah. And I've gotten to where now, like I want to play these and beat them. Like I want to power through them in a few days. Um, <laughs> But man, you start getting some of these RPGs, and you're just like, I can't, I can't yeah. do it. Yeah, and and some of them, some of them, to their credit, you know, they might be a little bit busted somewhere along the line, you know, back before they could update things that they overlooked something or missed something, or I mean, there's you know a handful of RPGs that have like in that era NES Super Nintendo where the stat does nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like that one stat in the original Final Fantasy for for NES. The oh stat. God does nothing literally does nothing i cannot play that game i i I started it up once i'm just like that's not gonna happen (laughs) absolutely not gonna happen i've started playing three right that's the one everyone loves three american so six yeah yeah i started playing that and is the best one it's not my favorite four nostalgically is my favorite but six is the best yeah i've got (laughs) I, I don't know. I want to play through that one, but I'm having to take it in pieces because I, I just cannot play it for super long at one time. It's a great game. Um, okay, so let's let's close this out. Um, tell mm-hmm. tell people either where they can find you, the website. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you have a social following at all. Yeah, gosh, we got a killer social following on Facebook now, but check out the website. It's retrogametreasure.com. Um, there's some really good to explain the service, which we obviously have to do because there's, you know, it's, it's pretty unique. There's some really great videos on there to help explain and go through the preferences for you and explain it. Some people skip over that sometimes and then complain that we don't do a good job explaining the service. Like we, we kept the video at like two minutes. Did you watch the video? Oh no, I missed that (laughs) because it does, it goes into it and shows you ahead of time. Here's what, what you'll be filling out. Here's what you do. Once you sign up, you put in your collection, we don't send you duplicates. You put in what you like in there and what you don't. And like I said, I tell anybody, if, 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 you, if you're a little on the fence after the first month too, we try to meet your settings. And it's like the guy you said with the Disney game. Disney games is a, is a sub-genre. Unclick that. If you don't like Disney games, we're not going to send them to you. And so we really try to stick to what you have on there too. The wish list is really killer to be able to put games on there that you want to have. Got to keep in mind on the wish list. If you put a PS1 game on your wish list and you don't have PS1 selected this month, we're not going to send you that game this month because it's on your wish list but not on your console. Oh, Some- yeah. Something we've always been on the fence on doing, but it's like we give people full control to kind of tweak that as they go. We want you to, we don't want to make assumptions. We want to give you full control of all of that too. And so check it out. I mean, that's, it's, it's pretty cool. It is like Christmas every month when you get the box to be able to get some stuff, but hopefully it's not a total surprise. Hopefully you knew you were getting, you know, N64 games. You knew you were getting Nintendo games or whatever the case might be. Yeah, no, I, I that, and it's by far the best part of it is, is I, and I remember like tracking the package and be like, it's coming, it's going to be here. Like, I can't wait to see what it is. Do you and like, do you like the way our boxes look? Yeah. Yeah. Actually on, on, uh, 
on, on the other show, I actually had the box up and showed it. Cool. And, uh, that was first things. That was where the name came from because I was going, okay, uh, Nerd Block back in the day, they're out of business now, I guess, but they did an arcade block and their yeah. arcade block looked like an NES cartridge. I bought a bunch of subscription boxes before I started this business to kind of learn how they all kind of did it. And I was like, man, that was kind of my idea. I wanted it to look like a an NES maybe. And I was like, okay, let's go back to the drawing board. Came up with the Zelda looking treasure chest and I was like, okay, now we're onto something. Now let's, you know, build the name around that as some fun. Yeah, and and uh, so I I recommend if if you are someone who is who is collecting uh, starting a collection or whatever, I recommend trying it once. I mean, try it once. Maybe it's your thing. Maybe it's not. Um, like I said, it's not the cheapest collector box out there, but it's oh. full of actual games. Right. Stuff that you can put on your shelf that you can play. And last time I checked, none of these games are going down in value. <laughs> no. Oh my God, they're not. And that's killing me. Like I, I, I just bought Contra recently and the price just keeps trickling upward and I'm like I if I don't get it now I'm not getting it. It, it it's so funny because it is again it's that collector level thing and if you've been collecting like as long as I have or as long as it sounds like you have too there's some games that where if you're out of touch with the community like a really good example Friday the 13th for the NES yeah and a lot of us joke about it because it is kind of I, I'm a big Friday the 13th fan but I know it's not a great game but nostalgic value it's a cool game if you're a collector that goes back 20 years, you're like, that's a $5 game. Go look it up. Try to find it for less than 13, 15, 18 bucks now. Yeah. You know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that game doubled, almost tripled in value in the last three to five years. It's not a $5 game anymore unless you find it in a flea market or in a bargain bin. It's just if you're buying it at retail or from a mom and pop store, you know, it's, it's a really good example, though, of how the prices are kind of all over the place. Yeah, so so I recommend it. Uh, Buck, thanks for joining me on this. I don't. Yeah. I said, it's not very often that I have like a random person on here, but I really wanted to talk to you about how the service works and how you got into it. So thanks for being here, man. Cool. Hey, you bet. No, thanks for thanks for chatting. It's always fun to talk games. I feel like I don't get to do it as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know that I wouldn't think that would be a problem for someone who runs a service like this. Yeah, it's it's like the uh, the guy that's at the golf course staring out the window, not getting to play golf. <laughs> Oh, like, got all these games on my shelf and in the warehouse working da 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 and it's like I don't have time to play anything right now <laughs> alright and next next week it'll be a regular episode of the show back on thanks for listening <laughs>